Welcome to the What's Your Ceiling podcast. We're your hosts, Monty Wyatt and Paul Szynski. Wherever you are in life, there is a higher ceiling. This podcast is how you become aware of it and how to take action to push through it. It's time to discover your ceiling. Welcome to What's Your Ceiling. We are so excited today to have uh, two special guests with us. Jeffrey and Jen Gittimer, and they have been uh, great mentors to us in the podcasting, but Jeffrey's been a mentor of mine for at least 15 years. Not only have I read every one of his books, but I've been uh, taught by him in many ways, been coached by him, and so we're really glad to have uh, both Jen and Jeffrey on our show today. So welcome. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Yeah, it's a yeah. total pleasure. I've actually watched Monty grow, and He's just brilliant at what he does. And Paul has to be brilliant because he's a friend of Monty. <laughs> and it's true. You attract people who are like you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you have those people and you create that bond, you're you're enough of a friend to create a podcast with them. Yeah. Well, thank you. We, we've done a lot of work together and we enjoy our time together. You know, the purpose of What's Your Ceiling is to help others and recognize that going to the next level is breaking through a ceiling. You have to be aware of yourself and what you have to learn, grow, and change to get to that next level. But before we we go down the path of what each of you have broken through, we always like to bring up a topic early on in our, our conversations to help our viewers, who we call achievers. We want to help all of our achievers think about some concepts. And the first concept we want to talk about is rejection and procrastination. And I I said as one concept, but there are probably two in that one. But Paul, when you hear the word rejection and procrastination, what what comes to mind? Well, first of all, I think every human being likes to be liked. So when it comes to rejection, I don't care who you are, when you start out, nobody wants to be rejected. So to overcome that takes, I think it takes training, confidence, and when it comes to procrastination is another thing. I think we find people probably procrastinate more because they want to feel good. So what they do, instead of barreling down and working and building those muscles in their business, you know what they're doing? They're flipping it to a YouTube channel to something they shouldn't be watching or, or paying attention to the TV. But if you build that muscle, it's like going to the gym and you, you have the right habits, the right structure in place, um, you can avoid the uh, you can avoid the procrastination. <laughs> That's exactly right. You know, when I think of rejection, you said everybody wants to be liked, but whether you're in sales, you're dating, you uh, are after a job, everything you're going to have rejection, and so many times you get procrastination because you don't want to feel that rejection again. So, Jen, I'd love to hear from you when you hear the word rejection and. and procrastination together what comes to mind for you well when I hear the word rejection I'm like kind of like bring it on like (laughs) I have learned to embrace rejection because I strongly feel that if you're not getting enough rejection then you're not putting yourself out there enough and go for it no no I I think that's great that's a great remark because but that's build it's building a muscle and building a callus don't you think 100 percent because the way I used to view rejection was not the same way I, I view it now. I used to be like, oh, no, I don't want to ask because I don't want to get rejected. So what, right? what changed to get you from that earlier standpoint to where you are now? Oh, so much mindset work, so much mindset work, and actually realizing that the most successful people in the world 
have had the biggest rejections, which means to me that in order to be one of the most successful people in the world, you need to have a ton of rejection. So are, are, I'm like, okay, let's, let's keep, let's, let's do it. Let's get it. On. Yeah. Um, Harvey McKay wrote the book. I got fired and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. If when you're rejected on the job, like dude out, you're fired. That's got to go pretty low. Most people think they're a failure when they've been rejected. Mm -hmm. And you have to have the mindset that, Jen, you were talking about, that I'm going to go forward. I'm going to go to that next place, and it's going to be better the next time. Right, because what if it's not, what if you're not a failure if you're rejected, but you're actually, a, you? how do I say this? You can, What if you cannot so, be a success? <laughs> what if you can't be a success if you've never been rejected? Yeah. That's an easy way to look at it. Right. So, um, is it my turn? Yeah. Okay. It's your turn. <laughs> when, when I think of rejection, I think of humor. Because people take it personally when all they need to do is take it seriously. And how do you come back to that and make the rejection a positive one? So I'm going to give you a couple of examples. I cold called tons of businesses in Charlotte. And then we go, we're not interested, which by the way, if you're in sales, it means you're not interesting. But I would go, oh, thanks for rejecting me. I totally appreciate it. Um, it usually takes me four rejections so I can get a positive. You're only the second rejection I've had this morning. Do you know anybody else that might not be interested? <laughs> okay, and so then I own them. Then I totally own them. They're laughing. They're thinking, oh crap, I gotta talk to this guy more. I gotta talk to this guy more. My wife just told me I was doing something wrong and then I No, I get every time he touches, I have the headset on. So every time he bangs on the table, I can hear it. And I didn't want it to be annoying in your ear. So I was gently trying to tell him to not do that. So achievers, keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> Real life, this is a podcast. That's I how it goes. Trying to keep Jim away. No, I, I, yeah. But the challenge of rejection is it brings on procrastination. Mm -hmm. Because when you if you're out there cold calling and you're getting mm -hmm. rejected, rejected, you don't want to do the next one. Mm -hmm. You'll figure out anything else you can do. That's the real tie. Rejection leads to procrastination, not the other way around. And because you're afraid of rejection, you're afraid of more rejection. And you have to remember your tenacity factor when it comes to rejection because your parents rejected you thousands of times when you were growing up by just telling you no. They rejected you. You can't have that candy bar. When you're in the aisle of the grocery store with your mom and you were four years old and you wanted a candy bar, you were willing to take corporal punishment to get that candy bar. Yeah, I agree. And somewhere between the aisle of the grocery store with your mother and getting your business cards printed, you lost your balls. Achievers, I wanna make sure you captured that last point that Jeffrey <laughs> made. Yeah. It's it's that perseverance, it's that tenacity that you have to have. And I, I loved how you said, hey, I'm on my second no for the day. I only need two more until right. I get my yes. Exactly. That's the mindset of how you're gonna persevere and the tenacity you need to break through. My dad taught me that you need to fail at least twice in business before you can really become a success. So after my second failure, I go, oh, ready. <laughs> and most people would have sat in the corner and cried. 
that what a great point. That's a great point that you made. And uh, you're absolutely right. People give up after they hit a certain level. Totally. They, and sometimes they'll even hit a success and level out. But something that Jennifer said, she, she, she likes to take on the challenge. But you had to reach certain ceilings and break through certain ceilings before you had that confidence. Mm -hmm. Tell me, when do you think that turning point was? What, mm -hmm. what was the rejection that said you're going to buckle up and make this work? Yeah, I'll, I'll answer that. But I do want to say you said, uh, just offhandedly, you said game on. And that's exactly how I think about it. Life is a game. Business is a game. And you get to play it every single day mm -hmm. and you get to <laughs> oh yeah i'm gonna keep my hands here just so you know it's not me making the noise oh, and i'm not gonna hold your hand <laughs> no, no, please. you know i i don't know that there's one moment that i can pinpoint offhand that like i was like oh my goodness yes let's bring on rejection i think it was a series of moments and realizing and looking back working with a coach and looking back and realizing my greatest moments came often after i had gotten rejected and got and had to figure out what was next um so for example i i was working selling educational software and I thought it was a done deal. This one, it would have been my biggest deal over a million dollars. It would, it would have been huge and done deal. And the person who is my advocate told me like, we're good to move forward. I had his cell phone number. Like we were messaging about it. Um, all the powers that be were brought into the sale and, and everyone was like, okay, this is like amazing. And then they went quiet, like just didn't respond and it turns out there was like some bad article published about the company I was working with that wasn't true and it it actually ended up getting recalled but by that time the district the school district we were working with was like well and so now I in my head thought I have a million dollars worth of new business coming in oh no and that I had, money was being spent and I had to go figure out how to make up that gap because I'm already, I'm already spending that money, oh, yeah, yeah. It, right? I'm like, oh, <laughs> the plane tickets have been bought. <laughs> you know, all these things, right? And what did that do? It led me to start selling to charter schools where I got every single charter school, elementary charter school in DC, and I lived in New York, um, to adopt our, our program, except for one. And I do, I am a little still bitter. It's 10 years more. Mm -hmm. I'm still bitter about that one that wouldn't adopt, but it's okay. Um, but, you know, I had to go figure it out, right? And selling to charter schools changed my career. It, it put me on a whole new path. And so it's, it's, if you get stuck in rejection and you get stuck in that negative feeling afterwards, then you're never going to make the pivots that you need to make in order to get to where you got to go. So was it a choice for you? Is, I mean, it, it sounded like it was a choice and I'm going to, it's a game. It's, I'm going to, I'm going to fight for this. Yeah. So it was more of a choice. Yeah, it's like, it's like shoots and ladders, right? Like you're going up the ladder and then all of a sudden you fall down the chute. Well, now you got to find your next ladder. I love that analogy. Yeah. That was great. That was so great. you take rejection as a challenge and you take rejection as a determination, you know, where, how determined are you? And rather than admitting defeat, it actually builds your character. And I think that's 
the part of rejection that most people don't understand. They think someone has said no to you when they've only rejected the offer that you made them. And that's a good way to look at it. They're not, I mean, is, Mr. Jones, is it me? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. And I would ask people that like point blank who said no to me. And so it's just my offer, right? Like I'm, I don't have to worry. I don't have to go to my psychiatrist and tell, no, 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 you're a really good guy. So no, if I just sweeten my offer, we got a deal. <laughs> so, do you understand? There's always a comeback. There's always a, a strategy. There's always a way to talk to people in a way where you can continue to keep them engaged even after they've said no. So Jeffrey, part of our, our show is interviewing guests that have gone through things or are going through their next ceiling. And I would, and part of this is to have a, a little humility to show that we're all human, no matter what levels you're at. <laughs> and I know Jeffrey's not human. I'm not, a, I'm not a, I mean, I'm humble, but only to my family. <laughs> and so I want to ask you, what's a ceiling you're breaking? trying to break through right now? What's what's something that you're working on that you're breaking through to go to that next level with? Well, we have a complex of condominiums here and they're up for sale. I have a library that I'm trying to digitize and get to the next level. I'm courting a couple of people that I hardly know, but they have amazing ideas and I want them to buy into my idea and use that to go forward. And I'm helping people with their podcasts and their books. And I, there's a half a dozen people, two of which are in this room, that really would you could use a book, but they're so fucking stubborn <laughs> that they won't move forward. So we're gonna we'll talk about that later, but that's not for this particular episode. Jeffrey's closing it all the time. Right. <laughs> but this is the challenge. I'll take on a challenge because I know that when I win, how I'm going to feel as a result of it, and that's raising children. That's having a loving wife. And I'm a challenge. Hell yeah. Honey. <laughs> so achievers, here's the learning. Watch out. No, I, I love what you just said because it's about the challenge and you're already viewing it as a winner. Right. No matter what the and challenge is, you're taking it as I'm going to achieve. I'm going to do that. So, so achievers, make sure you that capture point. that mindset is huge. Okay. So to that point, a couple of years ago, maybe five or six years ago, a coach of mine, Coach Mark, you know him. Yeah. He asked me, we were doing a session. We were in a big group, actually. And I was standing up in front of like 200 people to get coached. Just scary in itself, okay? Because you're like bawling out your feelings. And, and anyway, yeah. he said, Jen, do you believe your success is inevitable? I'm like, yeah, of course. Of course my success is inevitable. I believe that. Like, no, do you believe you're like, do you believe the sun's going to rise tomorrow? Like, yeah. Like, do you believe that level of belief that your success is inevitable? And I was like, whoa, yeah. you don't question if the sun is going to rise tomorrow. You expect it's going to rise tomorrow. You make plans around it rising tomorrow. You take action around it rising tomorrow. Do you believe it'll it? rise but, but if it's behind a couple of clouds you might want to have different plans but but do you believe that your success is just as inevitable mm -hmm. with that level of belief and that was a big um game changer for me because once i began to fully believe that in my heart then the actions i take are from that place versus a fear-based place mm -hmm. versus 
So it's a, from a place of what if it does work out instead of what if it doesn't work out. It's from a place of what if the universe is conspiring for me instead of against me. But wow, that's profound. But, that's and this is for your listener achievers, where were you raised? What was your family environment when you were growing up? Were they encouraging or were they discouraging? And Jen and I were very fortunate to have grown up in upper middle class families where we looked at our moms and dads and were like, these are successful people. I can do the same thing. I'm just as smart as they are. And that helps tremendously in mindset and just in, in your attitude, because you know that you're resilient enough to get past anything. I watched my dad, um, <laughs> this is crazy. My dad's factory burnt down in 1961. And the insurance company came over and offered my father $750,000 to rebuild the factory. And my father's lawyer said, we can get a million. And so he rejected the 750 and five years later, he settled for $333,000. Mm. Got that? So my dad's advice was lawyers are for legal advice, not business advice. Absolutely agree. Yeah. I had, my lawyer, though, is pretty good business advice. <laughs> he is. Yeah. But he's been my lawyer for 30 years. So we're, that's a whole other thing. But the resilience of that got my dad to be a multimillionaire because he took what was left of the company and did something else with it other than make kitchen cabinets. He used it as what was called a shell because it was a public company. And he got other people to buy in and invest in. And people, he, made a lot of money doing it. And he could have said, oh, you know, insurance could have dropped some F-bombs on insurance companies and lawyers, which he did, but it didn't stop his resilience. It didn't stop his drive to move forward to- what? It did, Absolutely, you saw that, you saw that firsthand. I, and, and I and watched that, my dad come home at midnight from planes flying all around the country to buy up other things with his shares of stock. And, I said, how's it going? He goes, Warrior is home. <laughs> what what a I what know, a, I know. I, oh yeah. You can hear it, it's just resilience. It's it's there every day. That, that role model, mm -hmm. and it gets back to who you hang around with, you with drainers, anchors, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. And and that role model out there is huge. And that you're right, that's that started your both your foundation of where you're yeah. at today. It was your parents. Yeah. My dad's saving up. I don't get ulcer, son. I give them. <laughs> that tells you exactly who he was. Now, both of you are sales experts and you help a lot of salespeople all the time. I, my belief, achievers, that everyone is in sales because we're all selling ideas, not just products and services. What is a, a ceiling that each of you are seeing in the folks that you're working with, the sales teams that you're working with, that salespeople need to break through or that you're seeing most net now that we need to really change or grow in? Right now, I'm seeing more blame than ever before. Yep. Blaming the economy, blaming that the materials are the not there, COVID. blaming the, well, things are being done differently now. Here's the thing. All of that is true, okay? there There's a lack of materials in some ways. There's shortages. There's higher prices. Okay, figure it out. Work around it. Like, you, if you can't change that, choose to work around it stop blaming whatever it is if if you're having a shortage of inventory so are all your competitors right if there's if there's all kinds of uh 
labor issues going on, so are all your competitors. So don't feel like, well, it's only me. No, you figure out a way that you can rise above them. And that has a ton to do with it. But there are two issues that are lacking in sales right now, two um, elements that people have to master that they didn't have to master pre-COVID or pre-pandemic, whatever you want to call it. And that is video and virtual. You've been virtual a hundred times since that began. You've had the opportunity to use video because technology has advanced. We use dub.com. We'll put that in the show notes, dub.com slash Gittimer. You get a little bit of a, a bite there. But, but the challenge is if you don't have those two elements mastered in your new sales approach, you're going to lose to someone who does, plain and simple. And look how we're placed around this table right now. We have lights, we have cameras, we have, yeah, I know. You look fine. <laughs> I'm trying to look at you. I right, how's my hair look? Thank, thank you for those insights. I, I yeah. think our achievers need to hear that, that everybody's going through the same thing. So right. let's quit making the excuses and take it on and break through it. You've been sitting in your ass for two years. Go to work. Do it. Oh. So, so what would you guys, what would you call the three most important things of an achiever? What, what's the ultimate achievement? So one of you want to go. You start. One of the things is mindset, and I think we've we've skirted around the mm -hmm. the mindset piece a little bit on this episode. But it's like this, right? If you're blaming, you're getting stuck in a mindset that doesn't allow you to be creative, and it doesn't allow you to break through the ceiling. So if you actually want to break through the ceiling, then think about where your thoughts are, because your thoughts are going to create your beliefs and those are going to create your actions and your actions are going to create your results. Mm. And so if you want results that break through the ceiling, go back to your thoughts. And that begins with mindset. Absolutely. So we agree. It's your attitude. Mm -hmm. uh, and you have to study attitude on a daily basis. It's like bathing. If you don't stink. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I like that. you have to have a belief system that has, that says, I believe I work for a great company. I believe my products and service are the greatest on the planet. I believe I'm the greatest. I believe I can differentiate from my from my comp competition, not compare myself to them. And I believe that my customer is better off having purchased from me mm -hmm. in my heart, not mm -hmm. in my head. So you have to have that belief system. And then you have to be able to prove that your value is better than the other person's value. Not their price is better. Because a lower price means everyone loses money. But if your value is way greater than your price, you will get bought. And if it isn't, you're not going to. And you have to be able to transfer that message. So that means all of your communication skills have to be improved. And that's why I'm about virtual. And that's why I'm about video. Because they put emotion into that process. What a what a great statement. I think I thought a lot of people are always... And you're an excellent judge. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think a lot of people out there uh, always looking for that magic pill. Mm. Yep. You know, looking for the magic pill. Well, you just gave the magic pill. Mm -hmm. Where it starts. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody out there needs to realize that attitude, belief, value, that mindset is huge. And uh, there is no magic pill. And you, you know, know how many people call me up on the phone? Jeffrey, what's the fastest way? What's the best way? What's the easiest way to make a sale? And now, like there isn't, there's, I'm going to give you the formula. 
work your ass off. Mm -hmm. That's the formula. Absolutely. But we might have a webinar on how to have make your. Oh yeah, we might have a webinar. <laughs> we might have a webinar, but it's just to suck you in. You just suck. Work your ass off. Let's do it. But the bottom line is, you're not. It's not going to show up at your door. You know, the, uh, I I helped my chamber of commerce sell memberships for years, and people buy a membership. And they wait for the Chamber of Commerce to come deliver them customers and deliver them. No, you go network. You get involved in the in the process. You make a commitment. You make a game plan. That's how it works. And if you don't have that, if you're just expecting, well, I'm entitled. You're entitled to nothing. Go read Atlas Shrugged and see what you're entitled to. And that will wake you up in a way that will help you significantly. Achievers, if you haven't read Atlas Shrugged, you need to put it on your list and start listen to it. it it is a long book but you it will be well worth it once you do it you know i i want to thank both of you you've been very insightful one of the last questions we always like to ask is what do you want to be known for so jen what do you want to be known for by the world by your 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 audience that listens to you i want to be known as a smart and helpful and kind person someone who does the right thing and helps and impacts a lot of other people and someone who specifically helps people make more money. That's working for me. <laughs> Jeffrey, how about you? And I will say, sorry, because I, I know that a lot of women specifically, we want to make a lot of money and then we burn ourselves out. So my mission is to help women make more money in an aligned way, in a way that really makes them feel whole so that they can be with their family and enjoy life and enjoy their business. That's in 1993, I'm riding around Charlotte with my granddaughter, Rebecca, who is now 40-something. She's a teenager at the time. And I said, Rebecca, I'm publishing a book called The Sales Bible, and I promise you it will be on the New York Times bestseller list. And it was. And as a result of that, and seeing that achievement come to life, my kids all now have an expectation that whatever I tell them is going to come true. <laughs> and so it's true. And I, I have to make certain that I can not make a statement that does not come true. But I'm writing now for legacy, not just for information. Mm -hmm. And most people don't focus on their legacy. They focus on their life. Mm -hmm. And as a writer, the, the information does not go away. You put something in a book, it's there forever. And it's either good or not so good or amazingly good. So I go into a bookstore and I see the Little Red Book of Selling for sale. Mm -hmm. It's 20 years old. It's still face cover out. So something's there that my audience has grabbed onto. And that's the inspiration for me to continue to do that because it inspires me to get all my thoughts clarified, all my thoughts out. And then somebody looks at it and they go, oh, and well, what's your next book, Jeffrey? My next book is gonna be called From Shit to Great because you're not that good. <laughs> and so I'm in the humor thing. I'm, I'm gonna make sure that whatever I write now has some fun to it because I'm gonna have a good time. I'm, you know, I'm in the second, I'm in the third or fourth quarter of life. Yeah, you're looking for substance, quality. Exactly. And 
You don't and need that every day. But I'm looking to be a better person, a better father, a better husband, a better grandfather, and pretty soon a better great great grandfather. Like seriously. <laughs> no, a great grandfather. I don't know. Just, your little kids having kids. Oh, your granddaughter's <laughs> great grand. Yeah, that's it. That's what I was going to say. Only one great. No. Well, I could say, Monty, what, what, Jennifer and Jeffrey, what they are an example of going breaking through ceilings. They're they're what a great team. The yin and yang of marketing. <laughs> oh yeah, and, there's some yin yang. <laughs> Who's yin and who's yang, but I can tell great. you most of the time I'm yang. <laughs> <laughs> but what you know, what a good, we're, we're, uh, this is going to be great. Uh, I sure I enjoyed this and uh, enjoyed uh, both meeting you, working with you. Pleasure and looking Thank forward you. to many more things. In the Pleasure. Now, before we go, uh, please tell our achievers how to get a hold of you or how to find more information about you and your services. Okay, achiever, find me at Jen Gittimer. J-E-N-G-I-T-O-M-E-R on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. Message me. Let me know you heard me here. Or you can go to my website, jengittimer.com. And I'm just Gittimer. Gittimer, not just Gittimer. Gittimer.com. And you can pretty much find anything there. No flash. And he's usually Jeffrey Gittimer. Yeah. J-E-F-F-R-E-Y on all the social medias. Awesome. True. Achievers, thanks for joining us. Have a great day. Cheers. Oh, 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 oh,